CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Scott Wapner from Alyssa Lee tonight, live from the NASDAQ in New York City. Big options action for you on deck. Here is what's coming up. As stocks see the worst week of the year, utilities just hit an all-time high. And there's something in the charts that suggests there's more room for the group to shine. Carter Worth will break it down, and Mike Coe will give the trade. Plus, talk about socially awkward, because there's one social stock shutting out its peers this year. And one of the traders says the rally isn't over yet. He'll break it down. And... Yikes! You better wait until you hear what Dan Nathan has to say about the energy trade. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. That's where we start tonight with energy getting slammed today, making it the worst performing sector. The XLE energy ETF falling 4% for its worst week since the depths of the December sell-off. Check out some of the names getting hit the hardest. Devin, Halliburton, Schlumberger, Hess, all down around 10%. Will there be more pain ahead? Big question. Dan has been looking at the energy space. What do you think? Well, well, let's start with crude oil. I mean, when you were trying to assess what the damage was overnight in risk assets, crude oil was down, I think, 3% right out of the gate here. And there was a lot of things moving around. But that was one that really caught my eye because there was a couple headlines. Obviously, there's growth concerns, global growth concerns with the data in China. The other headline I thought was really interesting that Norway's sovereign wealth fund, one of the largest sovereign wealth funds out there, is actually going to diversify away from uh, from E&P energy stocks in their fund, and that was weighing on this sector a little bit. It's not going to be on the integrated so much. Um, And then the other one, the push out of a trade deal. So, you know, crude was down a lot. It rebounded. I do have a chart. I think you got to look at the screwed chart. Look where it got rejected at 58 bucks. It broke the uptrend that it had been in place since the December lows. That got me thinking that if we were going to have a push out of this trade deal, crude's going lower. I started thinking about the XLE, that is the Energy Select ETF. Four names, Conoco, Exxon, Chevron, Schlumberger, make up 55% of that. Um, and I'm looking at the XLE. Where did that get rejected? At 65. So I think there's an opportunity to get short the XLE with defined risk. Hey, listen, we may get a trade deal. We may get some stimulus stuff. Oil may pop. But to me, I think there's some technical damage done. And I'm not so sure the global economy is going to turn on the dime. Last point, dollar almost traded at a new 52-week high. The, the strong dollar and crude oil, not so good together. So to me, I think you look out to June expiration. You look at the XLE. You can buy the XLE June 63.56 put spread, paying $2 for that, buying one of the June 63 puts at 290 selling one of the 56 puts at $0.90. Cents. It costs you 2 bucks. It breaks even at $61. Um, you can make between $5, between 61 and 56 I like targeting 56 to the downside um, in the XLE, and ultimately you're risking 2 bucks here. So to me, this is a bit of a macro trade. The technicals don't line up so well, and I don't think the fundamentals do either. All right, Mike's out in San Francisco. Mike, what do you think of the trade? Well, I I like the trade for a couple of reasons. I mean, first of all, let's just think about oil prices. We have been seeing rising amounts of crude oil in storage in Cushing. 
And you know, if you think about it, it's a pretty simple supply and demand story. We have rising production in North America. It's already the largest producer in the world in the United States. We saw news today that they expect the Permian ultimately in four years time to be producing as much as 8 million barrels a day. That would basically place it as the fourth the Permian by itself is the fourth largest, if it was a country, as an oil producer after the United States, Saudi Arabia, and Russia. So obviously there's going to be plenty of supply out there. The demand picture obviously isn't that great. That's an economic story first and foremost, but also it's a transition story as we move to alternative forms of energy. So, you know, you take a look at big names like Exxon, they are not reinvesting to basically replace their reserves. So I take a look at that combined with the fact that options premiums are relatively low. And the fact that we've seen a sharp rebound in a lot of these stocks off of that recent bottom that we saw, I think this trade that he's setting up here makes a lot of sense. I'm guessing you think oil's going lower based on your technical view of where you think the market itself is going. So let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> what we know is that crude has continued higher until just of late, whereas the energy stocks did not participate over the last five, eight, ten sessions. And not only can you see that in the XLE, and Dan points that out, the beta part, if you look at XOP, which is the E&P names specifically, they have really been smoked. So down almost 7% on the week, double that of the XLE. And the message of all that is, is that the move in crude is likely at an end and the people are playing the leading edge, which is energy stocks, which in turn is the leading edge, which is XOP. So he likes my lines. That's, that's how we, that's how we exactly. shake it out. Uh, energy in the broader market may have just had the worst week of the year. There is one group sitting at all-time highs, though. Utilities closing at a fresh record high today. The group now up 16% over the past year, while the S&P is completely flat. So will utilities continue to be a bright spot in the markets? Why don't you go to the plaza, uh, the plasma, sure. check out the charts for us, Carter. Yeah, sounds like this is uh, repeating myself, but sometimes good things need to be reiterated. Uh, I think utilities are one of the places you want to be. Uh, I think what's going on uh, at the rate environment, we know that Swiss yields went negative uh, three months ago, Japanese 10-year yields, German papers flirting with negative, and of course here we are stuck despite last week's head fake with yields basically moving lower. S&P utilities making new highs, S&P 400 utilities making new highs, and here to talk about how mechanical it is, this is the entire past decade. Now, it looks like an uptrend. It is an uptrend. It moves from the bottom left to the top right. But look how much of an uptrend it actually is. It has literally come and touched this line over and over and over as though it's on some sort of autopilot. That is what technical analysis, when it's working, is all about. Do it this way. Check out these arrows. This is literally, it has stopped. It has pivoted. And then, most importantly, if we were to zoom in here, what you'll see is we are now, just now, making new highs. So if I go to the next chart and we zero in on that, here's the here and now chart. It is the only sector, both at the 500 level and at the 400 level, that is making all-time highs. That says a lot. You can draw the lines this way. I want to be long utilities. Mike, you're trading utilities? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting situation that we have here because, I mean, obviously one of the things that we worry about when we're long equities, one of them is certainly valuation. On the valuation front, it doesn't seem quite as compelling. As a group, we're looking at a space that's probably trading a little over 20 times earnings. That doesn't look particularly cheap. But then you also have to put that into context. I mean, what we see right now, for example, the spread between high-yield bonds, which is another source of yield, and corporates, 
is actually very, very narrow. And what that tells us is that there's really a significant chase on for yield in this environment. This is, a, as a basket of equities, this yields well over 3% in terms of their dividends. So when you think about it in that context, I think actually you could see why people might actually look into it. The other thing is that obviously if we're going to have weakness in equities generally, this is a safe haven. So that obviously would make utilities set up well compared to the rest of the market. So when we look at it from an options perspective, the nice thing about utilities, especially if we're just putting on a directional trade, the options premiums are exceptionally low. I was looking out to the May 57 calls. You could spend a dollar and a quarter for those. Those were about 15 cents in the money already if we take a look at where XLU closed today at around 57.15. So you're going to be risking about 2% of the underlying to make an upside bet. So if this proves to be wrong, you're not risking a great deal. Obviously, you're going to get very good gearing if this thing should continue higher. And of course, we're trying to give ourselves an adequate amount of time for that trade to play out. What do you think on the Utes? Oh, just keep on. I would add one thing. And think about it, acting this well when major constituents have been in trouble. We know uh, PCNG has been smoked because of the forest fires, Edison International. If you were to put those back in, so to speak, we would be making substantial new highs. Yeah, so this is an interesting trade. Um, I I see exactly what you guys are talking about, just kind of this this correlation or this negative correlation and why it acts so well. I just want to go back and make one point. On December 7th, on this show, when the XLU was trading fixed, six and a half, I actually made a bearish bet playing for a move back to the low 50s. And let me tell you something, when when the equity markets went berserk and they started going down, you know what went down with it? The XLU did go down with it. I thought it was kind of a heads you win, tails you win sort of thing. But the performance now in this new high is pretty impressive. And maybe it's time for it to start outperforming equities um, in that capacity. If you're going to play this trade, then I think it makes sense. Mike's risking 2% of the stock price for very near the money um, participation here. Um, I just think it's kind of like a, he's risking 125. I think the best case scenario is he maybe makes a couple bucks here on that trade. So I think it's an okay risk reward. And I think there's a better chance that you probably lose a little money. Now, one thing we know, it's very low beta, right? Yeah. So you've got to ha- maybe have a catalyst to really, it would take a real dip in yields or a plunge in yields to get this thing smoking, so right. to speak. But the way it acts, and that's an important thing, has to be respected. Yeah, Mike, give you the last word. Yeah, I mean, when, we, when we're looking at on options action, we're typically looking for situations where either you can make more or you can risk less. I think utilities is an area where you're risking less. I think call options is a place where you're risking even less. So I think this is a way, if you're looking for some place to play long in this current environment, this is probably one of the better ways you could do it. I mean, you're going to be risking a relatively small amount. And although it doesn't take a whole lot to uh, increase the value of that option. I mean, if we see this thing go up to 58 and a half, 59, you actually are going to see a clean double on these calls, and that isn't actually a really bad return for uh, 60 to 70 days, I wouldn't think. All right, we've got much more options action still ahead. Here's what else is coming up on the show. One social stock is surging this year, and Dan Nathan says the rally has more life to live. He'll tell you how to play it. Plus... Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. We're 
We're back on Options Action. Check out shares of Snap, down more than 3% this week, snapping a six-week winning streak, its longest on record. The social stock's been on a tip this year, ghosting the other big names in the space, gaining more than 70%, while Facebook is only up only up 28% and Twitter up a mere 5%. So is there still time to bet on that stock? Our Dan Nathan at Plasma with his call to action, Dan. Yeah, Scott, you know, I think there is time to bet on it. But like you said, the stock's up 70%. It actually, off of its December lows to its recent highs, was up 100%. So it doubled there. And there was a lot of enthusiasm um, about that Q4 that they just reported. They had some improvement on some metrics. While, albeit, they're still unprofitable, um, investors kind of like what they heard. They like the new direction out of Evan Spiegel, who, while they had a lot of management turnover in the last couple of years, seems to be very, very much in charge and very focused. So there's three reasons why I think there could be some more upside in the stock. Maybe not today, tomorrow, or next week, but, and I'm going to tell you how to play it, looking out over towards July, but in the near term, here's a couple things that caught my eye, okay? This stock had improving metrics when they reported on a lot of different levels. We can talk about those at a later date, but the stock rallied 22% last month, the day after their <laughs> earnings there, and then it kept on going, which was really interesting. The other point I want to talk about is this huge pivot um, that Facebook is making more towards ephemeral direct messaging, going right after Snapchat. If Mark Zuckerberg came out and made that announcement, I would have thought this stock would have been a lot, down a lot more. We know that they have targeted their um, some of uh, Snapchat's uh, best features in the past, and it's really hurt their user engagement and user growth. But the stock was only down 3% on the, re- uh, on the week. That relative strength, very important. And the last point I want to make is if Facebook starts to make some serious inroads into direct messaging and trying to think about how they could offer different services to monetize direct messaging, I think that makes Snapchat's property a very scarce asset for much larger platforms. And I think that becomes a takeover target, even with Evan Spiegel's super voting rights. I think that there's probably a way that maybe he and Jack Dorsey have a meeting in the minds and say, you know what, we should be doing this together. But there's no shortage of other large platform companies that would like to have Evan Spiegel in their, uh, in their you know, in, in, locked up with them. So those are the reasons why I think this stock could work as we get further into the year. But I think you want to play it with a call calendar. One of the reasons why I just don't want to buy outright premium here. I want to basically think about how I would sell some short dated calls to help finance some longer dated calls and play for this stock to kind of move around a little bit above where it's trading right now. Um, Really importantly, here's the chart here. Obviously, it hit a little bit of resistance last week, almost to the dime at like 20 and a half here. It's trading down about nine and a half bucks. And I think you want to play a call calendar. And let me just tell you what the trade is really quickly. With a stock around 950, you can look at April expiration and you can sell one of the April 11 calls at 15 cents. And you look out to July expiration and you buy one of the July 11 calls paying 69 cents. That costs you 54 cents. That is your maximum risk. What you want to have happen here with this trade, you want it to move up towards that $11 strike between now and April expiration. It's a little more than a month right here. And then what you want to do is either cover that short April 11 call or have it expire worthless. And then you end up owning this much longer dated July 11 call for only 54 cents, about 5% of the current stock price. This trade is basically setting up to be Bullish on the name, near term, but really giving me some leverage in the back, uh, you know, in the in the in the middle of the summer here with that long July 11 call here. So I'm not outright buying calls. I'm not buying the stock right here in a big spike. What I'm trying to do is finance longer dated calls. All right, interesting stuff, Mikey. What do you think of it? 
so, I, you know, I don't have a really strong opinion fundamentally about SNAP, although we obviously do see growing top line. So if they can somehow figure out how to translate that into income, that obviously would be a positive. And Carter's the expert on the technicals, but I will speak to the options trade, which I love, I have to tell you. And there's a couple of reasons why. One of those reasons is that, you know, we often talk about implied volatility, the price of options. What we don't talk about quite as often is how volatility itself is seasonal. It's seasonal with earnings. So we often see names like Snap get very volatile around earnings, and then we see, relatively speaking, them trade in a much narrower range in between those earnings cycles. Well, guess what? Dan is selling that April call, which expires before earnings, which means, from a seasonal perspective, this is when we expect the stock to basically be more range-bound. It's still a volatile stock, but more range-bound than it typically is. And then he owns the July call option, so he actually owns the volatility when you need and want it. So if you're thinking about putting on a trade in this stock, and I'll let them speak to the fundamentals, and I'll let them speak to the technicals, but from an options trading perspective, I'll tell you I really like this setup. Yeah. So I think it is key that it's done with options, because as an investment experience, this has been special. We know that it came out exactly two years ago in the March 2nd, I think it was, in 2017. Price at 17. First prints were 24, up 40%. Hit about 29, and it never looked back. So if your third day in life is your best day, and you go down for two years after that and hit a low five, I mean, something's wrong. And can we get a trade here? Sure. But this is nothing but an unmitigated. It's one of the worst performing IPOs uh, on record. Yeah, so this is a defined risk trade. And I want to make one other point. We're expecting a lot of very other high-profile tech IPOs in the coming months. This company has $11 billion enterprise value, very clean balance sheet. They are not making money. That is a big issue right now. But I think relative to some of the IPOs, the tech IPOs that we're going to see over the next six months, people may start to look at this name and say, okay, yeah, it hasn't performed pretty well, but it's got a stud of a CEO and founder, and maybe they finally get some things right here, um, and this stock looks cheap relative to the stuff that's coming to the market. Yeah. I come up Citigroup sinking 4% this week. One of the traders says there's more pain coming. He'll break it down. Plus, do you have a question for one of the traders? Well, stick around because we are taking your tweets later on in the show live from the NASDAQ. That's where we are tonight in Times Square. More options action is right after this. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Time now to take a look at a couple of our open trades back in February. Dan said City was about to break down. I want to look out to April expiration. I want to catch their next earnings event. I want to catch the fact that this stock rallied 30% in the last month. It's pretty simple. You buy a put spread. When the stock was trading at 62 today, you could buy the April 60-50 put spread, paying $1.60 for that. That breaks even down at 58.40. You can make up to 840 between 58.40 and 50 bucks. Well, City's down around 4% this week, and everybody wants to know what Will Dan yeah, do now? Yeah, yeah, that's old school. All right, here's Bring the it deal. All back, so the stock was 62 when I did the trade. Now the stock is 62 still. So that put spread that cost a dollar 60, ten dollars wide, is now worth about a dollar 30. It's lost about 30 cents here. I think it's really important that 60 level is still a level. It was down at 61 in this lows today. I still like this trade. I like the idea of breaking down. I know that we have earnings that are going to be caught in mid-April. Um, so what I would do right here is I would cover the 50 yeah. put 
that you're short 100%. for 13 cents right now, and I'd sell the 55 put and make it the 60, 55 put spread. You could do that roll for about 30 cents, and that further reduce the cost of this trade. But at that point, you have the 60, 55 put spread on. I think one of the most important tells last week when rates did move up almost to 275, the banks didn't yeah. get fooled. And now, of course, rates have come down. They've all been smoked, and it looks like there's more downside to come with Citi and the others. Well, back in January, Mike Coe and Carter said bonds could boom. We have a, a well-defined break in trend, ever so slight, and that now after breaking, we've thrown back to the underbelly of the trend line, which is often the point at which you then, of course, hit your head again. My bias is rates to the downside, which of course means that one would want to buy something like a TLT. I was looking specifically at the April 121 calls. Those were about $1.85 when I was looking at those earlier today. TLT up 2% or so this week. What do you think of the technicals? Well, uh, it's the thinking that there's plenty more to go, that the rate, uh, the rate environment is poor and likely to get worse, and therefore TLT is, the, is a good place to be. Mike, what do you do with the trade now? Yeah. I think we can stay with it. We've got until April expiration. If one was so inclined, you could roll it out a little bit, but I think we're in a good position here. So just real quickly, the TLT, it got rejected on numerous occasions, about 122 half. As far as volatility is concerned, the price of options, it's about the cheapest uh, vol that you will find on the board. If you think that the 10-year Treasury, and obviously this is the 20-year Treasury ETF, but if you think the 10-year Treasury breaks 260, the TLT is going up. And I really like this trade. Um, so I would be looking out further data, maybe May or June, to call, call spreads that are targeting 130 to the upside. All right, up next, we'll do your tweets, and we'll make the final call. We're back. Time to take your tweets now. Edward asks, after breaking a 10-week winning streak for the market, what are your thoughts about buying a put spread on SPY, Danny? You're speaking my language here, Edward. Um, here's the deal. I think Carter in the last show just told you that 2600 in the SPX looks like a good target. I would look out to May expiration, the May 275, 260 put spread. You could buy that for about 3 bucks. I like the risk-reward of that trade, and it's really just risking a little more than 1% of the ETF price. All right, Edward, thank you very much. Mike, final call. What do you got? Calls in XLU are a low-risk way to make a bullish bet there. Oh, okay. Carter? Yep, XLU, TLT, anyone you want to do. Danny? Take your pick. You buy bonds, you buy XLU, you sell XLE, and you also buy spy put spreads. We got you covered here on the bearish wow. options. Well, I was going to say, very bear, bear suits all yeah, around. All around. All right. Uh, good stuff, guys. Thank you very much, Scotty. Uh, that does it for us here on Options Action. Catch us back next Friday, 5.30 p.m. Meantime, do not go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Cramer begins right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.